0: The shock treatment with Mel and Maddie, folks. We're joining you for our part two on our 101's best horror movies that we supposedly have never seen, uh, brought to us by the Fangoria magazine. They're there. This is their list, and we're cruising our way down this list, and we're seeing if uh, they're right. You know, they're not completely right because we've seen a good chunk of these movies, but we had a little wager within the, the zeitgeist that. Uh, if we haven't seen 20 of these films, we're gonna let the list win. But if we have seen uh if we haven't seen less than 20, then we win. And right now when we're we up win, to win, we
1: have nothing.
0: I know, and right now we <laughs> are up to eleven at the halfway point. All right. Now with that being said, we're gonna move into our uh our next film, uh number 51. 1972, directorial debut by Wes Craven, the master of psychological horror. Um, You know, David Hess, Sandra Peabody, Lucy Grantham, Fred J. Lincoln. Do you know what film I'm talking about?
1: Last House on the Left?
0: Last House on the Left. Very nice, very nice. Um, You've seen, I'm sure?
1: I've definitely seen, and I even actually... Like the remakes on that one.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I've seen. I own this on two four, DVD and Blu-ray. I, did, I always wanted the VHS. It so has a cool VHS. Um, but that's not, not something I've seen in the wild too often. Um, the remake is pretty good. I remember when I did the site, TV pilot, way back like 10 years ago, we worked with Necro. For anybody that knows Necro, he's like an underground rapper, uh, the godfather of uh, death rap. Uh, like a metal mixed with underground hardcore rap, but uh, he he was in our pilot, and uh, I remember we talked about this at the time, because right around the time the reboot came out, you know he was uh uh is when we worked with him, so I remember him being a big fan, and he was the reason why I watched the reboot was actually because of him, so I guess I have that fun story to tell, so I told it, and I liked the reboot. The reboot was pretty good, like you said, but yeah, yeah, and yeah. it had a
1: good cast too.
0: It did. Yeah, and Last House on the Left, the original, is uh, an incredible film, you know, great horror film. I think that's right up there with, you know, the peak of his game, the height of his doing his thing.
1: Yeah, I think that's one of those movies I I might have watched way too young.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. I've said that in interviews before, that Last House on the Left is one of those movies that I've seen super young where I didn't really know what was going on is kind of, I put it in the same category as like a clockwork orange where, um, or even like a Serbian film where like, they're like, you know, if if, if the wrong person watched it too many times, it would be a problem. Yeah. Like when they say the term dangerous films, like, oh, that's a dangerous film. I know that term's thrown around a lot nowadays, pretty much for marketing reasons, but I think films like this and, you know, Clockwork Orange and Serbian films and stuff. Those are, like, dangerous uh, films.
1: The Last House on the left, um, there was actually, like, another take on it. The movie was called Chaos. Okay. It's been banned in this country. Um, When Netflix first came out, and, you know, you had to actually get DVDs and send them back and forth. Yeah. I came across it on them. They, They ended up having it. I don't remember what got me looking for it, but that bothered me (laughs) and I could see why it was banned because like there were some parts where I was sitting there watching it and I'm like this really yeah and and the the story is actually told from the perspective of the guys that were trying to kill these girls really yeah it was yeah it was told from his point of view
0: I've got a foreign movie called angst which is supposed to be ridiculously crazy, but I've I haven't watched it yet. I picked up the Blu-ray out of out of blind buy because it, it, it looked like something that would be uh, interesting. Yeah, I think Gasper uh, No there, whatever his name is, the dude that did like Climax and you know he's done a bunch of weird Into the Void or Into the Void, done a lot of weird trippy movies. I think he did it. No, he didn't. Did he? He was raving about it. That's where that's where I heard about it. Um, but yeah, classic. Next up. 1973 's The Legend of Hell House, starring Roddy McDowell. You know, he's a physicist and his wife and two mediums are hired to investigate uh, the Blasco House, where 27 guests had inexplic- inexplicably died in 1972, uh, along with most of the team of a paranormal investigators that was sent in the early 1950s. Yeah, this is a creepy flick. I remember seeing this when I was younger. I haven't watched this in a long time, but I did honest engine I have seen this film have yeah you seen
1: it, I have seen it like a lot of the a lot of the older horror movies from like the 70s and whatnot you know I watched way too young <laughs> yeah I, and I may have watched like there's a few that I've still continue to watch here and there yeah. throughout the adult life because like there's people i'll be like oh my god you want to see a really bad film or a really scary one and here you go and i end up watching it again
0: yeah yeah i spit on your grave was a movie that i seen way too young i usually yes. put, i usually put that in the category of those other films we just talked about <clears throat> um
1: i actually think that pops up on the list soon too
0: it could it should uh the next one up uh 1973 same year Lamora, A Child's Tale of the Supernatural.
1: That one, I have
0: not. Yeah, this one I don't think I've seen. There is a a film that Criterion put out that I think was very similar to this, but it isn't this. Um, Yeah, but yeah, I'm going to have to say I haven't seen this one either. Uh, a young girl who returns to her hometown to see her dying father finds herself being drawn into a web of vampirism and witchcraft. Yeah, I've there's, never seen this. There's one.
1: an indie film that sounds similar like this. to that. Yeah. But it's, it's not, it doesn't take place that, you know, it's not from that far back. Yeah. It's like recently, like within the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. The, um, next up 1974 is let sleeping corpses lie. Familiar cop chases down some hippies, two hippies to be exact suspected of a series of Manson family, like murders. And, uh, unknown, unknown to him, he comes to find out the real culprits are the living dead brought to you. Uh, brought, brought on by by George uh,
1: Romero, brought (laughs) on you by uh,
0: George Romero. Um, yeah, this was uh, I, I have this film. I got this uh this is on uh who put this out? I wanna say maybe Anchor Bay might have had their hand on this at one point. Maybe. Uh it could that be sounds rock. like sounds or like maybe a blue underground situation. I wanna say Anchor Bay, like put this out going back way you know, going way back. Um Maybe it was Blue Underground. It was one of it. It was either Anchor Bay or, or Blue Underground. I think it was Anchor Bay, though. But um, yeah, I remember this being a fun movie, um, campy. You know what I mean? A lot of the zombie movies of uh, when when they knew they couldn't quite really pull really pull through with the horror, they they, they quickly moved into camp. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, it's a very it's a very campy uh, campy genre. There's a lot of comp in it. So you didn't see that one. I haven't seen this one. Luckily, I got that one. Um, so you saved us. I saved us on that one, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to save us on the next one, which is unfortunate. So we'll see. And that next one is 1971. Let's scare Jessica to death. I have seen this one. Oh, very good. I know that it's a, a big. I know that it's it's lo- beloved film. Um, I've and I've heard about it for sure. I've just never seen it. So I'm glad you've seen it.
1: Yeah, uh, it bothered me.
0: <laughs> it, it was... It's, it's, it, recently, uh, institutionalized woman has a bizarre, bizarre experiences after moving into a supposedly haunted country farmhouse in fear she may be losing her sanity once again. Yep. I could see that being a good plot for yes. Yeah. Some, yeah. Some shit, hallucinations and all that. Oh, type. yeah. I believe it.
1: Yeah, it's one of those. I, it's like it's one of those movies that don't trip on acid. I feel uh, like if you're like susceptible to that kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. because you're gonna it's, you're gonna wonder if you're nuts while you're watching it.
0: That's true. That's very true. Um, next up, Luther the Geek from
1: 1989. <laughs> um, this one is a big hell. No, I have not. A psychotic killer
0: convicted of multiple murders is released on parole after spending 20 years in prison. His psychosis immediately takes over and he goes on a killing spree. I can say that I have seen this and I must, (laughs) I must thank the fine people of trauma because the only reason why I own this film is because trauma put it out. And when I bought this many, many moons on VHS, it was, I was just buying anything trauma put out. There has been a few companies throughout my day of being a fan that I was ridiculously loyal to trauma being one of them. I still am, but um, I probably put all their kids through college type deal. Loyalty.
1: I see like, I love trauma. I, I, I like full moon pictures, but like, I don't, my movie collection, I'm not one of those people that, you know, buys everything. But now that, you know, so many movies are getting the rights bought to them just for like streaming usage. Yeah. I I think, I think I'm going to have to start my, uh, buying of movies all
0: again yeah you know it's one of them things the physical copies are good too it's got you know it has that good look to it but yeah trauma i would buy i would i'd go to the store and if a movie had a trauma logo on it i would just buy it to support the company you know they've got
1: some great movies like they
0: did you know all lloyd's movies are great and then you know yeah i think we recently on the halloween episode um that'll be out this this saturday We already talked about, you know, like Mother's Day, Redneck Zombies. You know, of course, a lot of Lloyd's movies are good times. You know, at Astron 6, all the, you know, the films they put out, they put out Father's Day through them. And I believe they put out something else, um, but not uh, Manborg or whatever it was that they did. (laughs) But yeah, Troma always had my love and they still do. Um,
1: yeah, I got hooked. Oh, yeah. on, I got hooked on those movies through my parents.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, that's good parenting, right there. Yep. The toxic,
1: toxic, Avenger, Class of Newcom High.
0: All these movies, if my mother found, should throw in the trash when I was a kid. <laughs> she was not. She was not
1: down with any of this. And here I was. My parents were the ones watching them with me.
0: Hell yeah! So thank you, Michael Hurz and Lloyd Kaufman. Without you guys putting out this film, we would have got another point against us, and for <laughs> that, we thank you. Um, next up, uh, it's more of a crime thriller than a horror. I feel, but I can see the the horror ties uh, the beginning of a gigantic franchise, if you will. The names aren't the same, but they're off the same deal. 1986, uh, Michael Mann's classic film, Manhunter. Have you seen?
1: I think I have.
0: This was like this was Hannibal, like the introduction to kind of the Hannibal Lecter type deal, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, this is the Hannibal Lecter deal and they bring on... Yeah,
1: no, I haven't seen this then.
0: You know, Tom Noonan um, who was Frankenstein in The Monster Squad. You know, Tom Noonan has some of the most creepiest shit in this movie. When you see it, you'll be like, wow! wow!" There's some really cool visuals and he has a very unique look to him. So, like, it helps the creep aspect a little bit, you know what I mean?
1: And I like the fact that, like, there's actually movies on this list that I haven't seen because now it gives me new things to go and watch instead of sitting here for an hour scrolling, just scrolling, trying yeah. to find something.
0: And Tom Noonan was a, he also plays like the 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 creepy villain dude in Last Action Hero. He was in House of the Devil. Me and Sam Hayes went and met him. at Coolidge did a screening of, uh, I think 10th anniversary of House of the Devil, the Ty West movie. And uh, Tom Noonan was there. Got a picture with them. Got to talk to him for a little bit. He did a nice Q and A. Um, really cool. I actually on my phone. I actually have, I have some pretty obscure stuff from like the Coolidge that I should probably try and throw on our show somewhere because, uh, you know, I got a lot of cool. I got some Carpenter performing. I got Fabio oh, that would be performing. Dope. Um, you know, I got Noonan getting interviewed. I've got a few people being interviewed and stuff from Coolidge and from like horror things outside. But um, So we sh- I should incorporate that one of these days. But yeah, Manhunter, classic film, um, super creep movie. I own, dude, I own Manhunter in like seven different formats, which is <laughs> a great flick, uh, followed up by another masterpiece of horror cinema, probably on my top 10 list of horror, horror movies ever made. And probably maybe might even go into the under five slot. 1980s, William Lustig's classic starring The Incomparable, Joe Spinell, Maniac.
1: That's a good movie. I have seen that.
0: Love, great movie. Love it. Like it's right up there with great serial killer movies. Like Spinell is in the same category. I could flip it and say that you know Michael Rooker is in the same category as Spinell when he, he did Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah, they were just they were, both of those characters are completely tapped out, um, which is great. Even the remake. Have you seen the remake with Elijah Wood?
1: Yes. Uh, I like have it? seen that too. I, it's not bad. It's it's just, Elijah Wood, he's just that, that actor that you only see him, I, like, I still see him as that little boy in The Good Son, what Macaulay is yeah. talking well, yeah, no, So to it. see him playing something, like being in a role that's that dark, it's just, it's still, it's weird. Well, he's a I babe- mean, he wasn't bad in the role, but... It, right. it's still weird to see him in that kind of a role.
0: Well, he's like kind of America's sweetheart a little bit. He those Lord of the Rings movies and stuff. Where yeah. He's, like,
1: he's absolutely adorable in those movies.
0: Yeah. Um, he's a big horror fan. He owns Spectre Vision. They brought him Yeah. In, they do a lot of good stuff. Uh, I liked the reboot a lot. And what I liked about it a lot is they did, they made a creative decision to make it a lot of point of view. So even though he was a superstar, they didn't always show him. Like most of it, the film was his point of view which I thought was a very good creative decision because regularly you have a star in your movie. You're going to want to show his face as much as possible. Yep. In this sense, they kind of artistically decided to cover his face, which was a way better choice, I thought. But yeah, Fangoria.
1: still very dark. Oh, super
0: dark. <laughs> Great soundtrack, too. The soundtrack's really good. It got rare. It's expensive, too, if you want to get it. Mondo put out a copy. Um next up another maniac film they skipped over one this is the sequel 1990 uh this is another lustig film that is maniac cop 2 masterpiece of of of, of, yeah luckily yeah
1: luckily you've seen that one i haven't watched it yet i haven't it's it's in my queue i have with movies to watch
0: yeah, Robert Davi's in this. You got Bruce Campbell maker. I think he, it's it's footage. I think from the previous movie, but I could be wrong. It could be something smaller, cameo wise. But yeah, Maniac Cop Two is great. I actually have an autographed poster of Maniac Cop Two. Going back to the Coolidge, um, <laughs> me and the Bill Coinster went to a special screening where Lustig showed up. Well, he was scheduled, of course. He didn't just randomly look walk in looking for pennies. You know what I mean? It'd be kind of uh, funny if he
1: just randomly showed up for it.
0: That happens every now and then, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'd love to do that if anybody cared about my movies one day. But I got a cool poster signed from it. Got a picture with them. Um, yeah, which made Maniac Cop Two even better of a movie for me. But I, I love it, and yes, I've seen it. I own it on multiple formats.
1: <laughs> right I, along with the rest of them.
0: I have a signed VHS, actually, from William Lustig of Part Two and the poster. Good deal. Fucking sweet Dale. Next up, classic 1980s Motel Hell. Are you familiar?
1: Yes. Yes, I actually just watched it. I watched it last night when I was trying trying to sleep.
0: Motel Hell is a classic film. I love it to death. This is a it's movie. Great. That, this was a movie that was very special in my life because I remember watching this as a super young kid at my uncle's house when he was living in this, this high-rise apartment type building in Weymouth that was probably only five floors but felt like a high-rise where you where was like as, <laughs> that kid but uh
1: fall out the window when you screwed
0: yeah this has a scene like like the scene of the people with their heads poking out of the dirt is something that's always stuck with me since yeah. being a kid um, it's just like dang, it's dangerous I get a few visual, movie visuals that never left me um, and that just happens to be one of them you know but that's a great that's a great flick
1: it actually uh, reminded me like that, yeah. that segment in um, the Creep Show reboot where uh, with David Arquette with uh-huh. the zombies and whatnot and they were coming it looked like a whack-a-mole type of deal
0: yeah it did you're right It's true. Yeah, I think that's kind of that. Shout Factory. Shout Factory did that Blu-ray and it kind of really revamped people's love for it, which was nice. Um, Next up, 1980s Mother's Day. We were just talking about this. This is a trauma release, which is probably one of their best. I'd say this, for movies Lloyd didn't direct, you got this, you have redneck zombies, you have... You know, Father's Day, um, Lolly Love was really good. I know I'm I know I'm forgetting some, but I mean there's there's uh there's there's probably like ten movies that Lloyd didn't direct at Trauma that are like cult classics, you know what I mean? You know, Blood Sucking Freaks, another one, another film yeah. they own. It's a film they own that, you know, Lloyd didn't direct, but it was a cult classic, you know. All right. Next up, 1995. We're going into a, a sketchy time for horror. Um, and that film is Mute Witness.
1: Never even heard of it, to be honest. Uh,
0: mute ma- yeah, mute makeup artist working on a slasher movie being shot in Moscow is locked in the studio after hours. While there, she witnesses a brutal murder and must escape capture. Uh, yeah, I feel like I slightly know about this, but I would be lying if I said I've seen it. I don't think I've ever seen this one. So that gets us. A That's second. three on this one. We got we got banged out on that one. All right. Next up, 1993. Another more questionable time for horror. Um, I believe this is uh, Lovecraftian. And we're talking the Necronomicon Book of the Dead.
1: Ugh. Been a long time since I've seen it, but I have seen it.
0: You win, because I have it, and I'm glad that you've seen it, because I thought we were taking a hit. It looks kind of <laughs> really bad. Was it bad, or was it entertaining? It was
1: it, entertaining, but bad. Lovecraft. Like, train, train wreck. You should look away, but you just can't.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovecraft visualizes three stories in Necronomicon. The drowned, the cold in whispers about bringing a dead wife and child back to life. Extending life in aliens. Well, that's kind of cool. I don't know. I mean, it's probably one of those things on paper. It's a lot better. Sounds a lot better. I mean, Lovecraft's stories are great. So,
1: Yeah, sure I was it. bored. I was bored on a Sunday one time. It was on, Um, I think it was on Tubi. It was, so I yeah. wasn't like, it wasn't like I was paying for, ooh, excuse me. And yeah. it, you know, the commercials kind of broke it up a little bit. So
0: it, uh, yeah, I can see.
1: That.
0: <laughs> All right, next up, 1997, Stephen King film. Very kind underrated Stephen King film. It, it look, it's made for TV, I believe. Um has a yeah, it has a TV, but it's like super has some really dark imagery in it, but it, it's not it, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect it to go to look as have as many dark things in it as it does. That is the Night Flyer film I speak of, which is very rare I right hear right now. I have the DVD of it, but I'm told it's super rare to find. Have you seen the Night Flyer with Miguel Ferreira? I have not. He's like the dickhead. He's like a the dude from RoboCop who de- who designs RoboCop, which is weird because he's like a gigantic jackass, but like you're yep. supposed to like him. The dude that they he, he's with the chicks and they show up and shoot out his knees and then blow him up with a grenade in his living room.
1: I think I need to see it though. That dude.
0: <laughs> well, although that's from RoboCop, but yeah, oh, Night- I was
1: gonna say, but yeah, I was gonna...
0: they took the scene right out of it. Night Flyer, is, uh, Night Flyer is good because the thing looks really creepy. It has a weird, room. it's like a vampire story, but it's like a little, get, get its own take on it a little bit. Um, he, he seems a lot more violent than your regular Dracul. Um, and I know that the final scene is a really cool visual where he's almost in like, I don't want to give away too much because you haven't seen it, but let's just say that it gets like, it super fucking crazy, super quick,
1: super, super um, memorable.
0: Yeah, it is psycho- it's a psychological deal too. So it's like it, it, was, it was nicely done. But yeah, definitely check that out. Next up, I know this is a film that you you've seen and you love, and I've seen and love too. Nineteen eighty four. Our our pal Kelly Maroney is in this film, also with you know Catherine Mary Stewart, Robert Beltran, Sharon Farrell, directed by Tom, Earnhardt, your boy. Your boy, Tom Earnhardt. You remember him? <laughs> no. Uh, he also directed films such as Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. You know what I mean? Ah,
1: yes, yes, yes.
0: Without a clue. Honey, with our pal Ed Naha. I uh, was in the building with Tom, it sounds like. But uh, yes, the, the, great, the, the great Night of the Comet.
1: I just actually recently watched this like a week or so ago. It's been one of my 31 Days of uh, Halloween movies.
0: Great film. Another film that got rare for a little bit. And then, like, the, the Blu-ray kind of resurfaced it and gave it a good hook.
1: Yeah, because she's been – like, she was promoting – Kelly was promoting, like, the line of clothes and posters and stuff that came out with the anniversary release of it.
0: Yeah, we got to get her back on – the well, get her on the show. We, last time, she was at, what, ScareCon? She was a sweetheart.
1: Yeah, she, uh, she had a – when we were trying to get her on the last time, she had a, a scheduling conflict because she had to be back in L.A. So she wasn't going to get back in time to do the show.
0: Yeah, but next time for sure and uh, maybe you'll catch her on the shock treatment soon next okay. up next up 1986 oh, one okay. of my favorite one of my favorite films of all time Mad Mel you know what I mean I'm leaving dead silence for that anticipation, (laughs) you know, starring somebody that you are in love with. And I I was, I was lucky enough to meet through you, Jason Lively, you know, this stars, the great Tom Atkins, which is phenomenal in this role. Steve Marshall, Jill Whitlow, you know, him, you love him. Night of
1: the creeps.
0: Night of the creeps, you know, Fred Decker, baby.
1: My good buddy, Jason.
0: Fred Decker came to the world and he made, Night of the Creeps, The Monster Squad, and I believe Robocop 3 to bring Robocop back into it. And uh, then he put it, then he tipped his hat to society and said, I bid I'm you farewell. <laughs> yeah.
1: Here's my legacy.
0: I th- I wonder if Robocop destroyed his career because those those first two flicks, I mean, they Night of the Creeps and The Monster Squad have life now.
1: Yeah, they, have, they both have cult followings.
0: I, and, and Night of the Creeps, I love. I love that movie probably another
1: since i was a little kid when that first came out i've been in love with it and i love the fact that you know there's two different endings
0: they got the villain from mama's family like the dummy son yep that great great character that movie The night of the creeps is just such a fucking great movie from the get-go even like with the aliens in the beginning like the little pudgy like fucking alien things like those are great
1: well, that's why I like how there's two different endings with it you know, there's one ending that has the aliens and then
0: you can you can buy the the alien head on eBay for like fifteen hundred
1: bucks oh yeah, I'll buy that tomorrow
0: if I had fifteen hundred dollars you could burn <laughs> and throw in a hole I'd do it but i Unfortunately, I I was mad
1: I didn't have like the eighty or ninety dollars when they released it with the Tom Atkins figure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I missed the boat on that one too. I don't know why, for whatever reason, I got caught sleeping on that one. It's unfortunate. But yeah, Night of the Creeps, classic. Um, Next up, nineteen ninety nine from a filmmaker that had to flee the country because he liked to diddle children. Starring, starring. Did you guess off the bat? uh, Did you guess off the bat from that starring Johnny Depp and the great Franklin Jella, the late, late, great Franklin Jella? Um, you know, Roman Polanski is that director that I speculate. Um, but I actually enjoyed this film. The Ninth Gate, I think, is a fun movie.
1: Yeah, I just who did I? I just watched that with somebody. We were having movie night. Yeah, it might have been him, it might have been Pryor.
0: It's got a plot to it's really cool. Johnny Depp's this like rare book collector guy that goes out to find this book for this rich guy that I believe the book somehow brings on the end of the world. It gives him the power of the devil or something.
1: Yeah,
0: And, um,
1: I i've remember, seen it a couple of times it's just i i don't know for me it's not it's not my thing it's not my cup of tea
0: yeah it's its, it's like not a
1: bad it's a, movie but it's not my it's cup a of slow tea. slow burn
0: it's definitely yeah. a slow burn and
1: that's what kills me with it because yeah. i i i'm really bad when it comes to movies that are a slow burn
0: and it's not really horrific you know there's not really the only real horrific moment that i really think in there is um there's a part where a girl in a weird wheelchair gets like strangled and she like turns her her wheelchair turns her and her tongue's like hanging out of her mouth because she got strangled. There's that, and I think towards the end, like the end end, I think there's like some culty scenes that are creepily cool. You know, like that creepy weird yeah. red. Just not red, to just red not red to go. Yeah, just not
1: shit. to go too crazy.
0: In the sense of like Lord of Illusions, when all the all the cult shit in Lord of Illusions is spot on in madness, and every time I fucking watch that movie, I always go. Damn, he really hit this right on the head. But <laughs> Clive Barker is like the master of that stuff. So luckily we've seen The Ninth Gate. All right, next up, 1986. Now this is a, unfortunately, this is a film that I'm going to have to say I've never seen. But I know it recently, when they, it came out on Blu-ray after a long time. And that's Nomads.
1: No, and I know I that, yeah, the artwork is, is
0: very... The artwork stands out incredibly uh, strong to me. You know, John McTiernan directed it from you know Henry Portrait, of a Serial Killer, and did he get? Did he eventually do fucking Die Hard or something crazy? McTiernan did like some crazy shit, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's what it was. He did uh, Die Hard and Predator and shit and Rollerball. Um, I don't think he did. No, he never did. I was wrong when I said that he did. Uh, he did um, Henry Portrait. He did those other movies. He also, I think, he also did some time. <laughs> he just did some jail time for like, um, which you got to give him credit because I think he, you know, he didn't rat somebody out. He, like, right. he was like on the, on, like they had him under oath and he like refused to give somebody up. So they sent him to jail over it. And if that's the case, kudos because uh, unless that person was raping kids or something. But yeah, I think which is it, never a good thing. Yeah, unless that was the case. I, I don't, I can't speculate what it was, but. I feel it was just him helping out a buddy. Um, and if it I guess if it was under reasonable, if it was under, like, good circumstances, I applaud it. If it's under, you know, devil shit, demon shit, like hurting a kid, then I can't applaud that. Yeah, but, I,
1: can't, I can't back it on that one.
0: Yeah, but I remember he went to jail for a couple of years over uh, lying on the stand or whatever it is or if you, whatever the fuck he did. Um, but no, I've never seen it. So we're going to put him back in prison for that. <laughs> All right, next up. Ooh, this one scares me too because I don't know if I've conquered this one. Nineteen Ninety Sevens, Open Your Eyes. It's more of a drama mystery, so fuck them. I I, I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Yeah, I sure haven't. Fuck them. It's a drama mystery. There's no horror in that fucking. T- in, in nope, it shouldn't lineup. even.
1: It shouldn't even be on this list.
0: So we're not. We're we're not. Nobody got the credit for that. Fuck that! We're getting we're getting down to the we're getting down to the nitty gritty here, folks. We can't be fucking around, all right. <laughs> Next up, 1987 masterpiece, probably the second best film from Dario Argento, and that's Opera. Have, have you seen Opera?
1: I think I have. If I have it, it's one of those ones I probably watched when it first came out, and I haven't seen it since.
0: Yeah, this is a um, well, no. Now, well, 1987 it came out.
1: Yeah, well, I would have been already 10 years old, so.
0: Oh, your parents were cool about horror movies, too. Oh,
1: God, yeah. My parents were watching horror movies with me as, like, as soon as I asked them to watch one with them. They were like, okay. That's figuring." Like, that's... Yeah, they could well, they figured I'd watch one be skid and not ever right. want to watch them again. And huh, lucky for them, yeah, I became, I loved them.
0: It's like, I like the yin-yang of how you, you were, you were showered in horror and i wasn't allowed to see any
1: but the funny thing is is like even though i was allowed to watch all these movies i either like i remember some of them but i just don't know like i was yeah. like, you know more about like directors and whatnot than i do I it, yeah. even though i even though i've seen a lot of these movies it's like i wouldn't be able to tell you who the hell made it and yeah like, i'm lucky if i remember who's in it
0: yeah i mean you know and in all credit to you mike i after becoming, a, after realizing that it was kind of like what I was going to do, I started studying it more where, like, I, I knew about my f- people that I liked, but then I started just learning about everybody that I could, their careers, you know, why things didn't work out for them, why they did work out for them and all that such.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know what, you know, by trial and error, who not yeah. to. You know. Well, I know my own issues, <laughs> now. Maybe yeah. Maybe someday
0: someone will talk about uh, Alexander Haug. Next up, <laughs> I talk about them every day. Next up, 1972's The Other. Woo! A series of gruesome accidents plague a small American farming community in the summer of 1935, encircling two identical twin brothers and their family.
1: That sounds familiar, but I don't think it was that. It might have been like a similar type of movie. Yeah. Because it sounds familiar. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately, I've never seen this film.
1: Yeah, I've never seen that one. Not, not that version, anyway.
0: Yeah, that's what against does. Unfortunately, um, and coming up into the next film from 1988, we have Paper House.
1: Yeah, I've never even heard of it, so I'm not even going to beat around the bush on that. Yeah,
0: but it, I will say that it it, it says drama, fantasy. Okay.
1: Why is it on this list then?
0: So we're not giving them fucking credit. We're, nobody's getting a point for that. Like I said, we're catching them <laughs> on the, in their loopholes because uh, this is best horror movies. And if they don't consider it a horror movie, neither do we, we pull it off the list.
1: Yep, I stand with that. That's we our have story go, and we're sticking to it.
0: We might have to go back to the beginning list and see what movies we lost out to and see if they even have horror in their thing. And if not, we're fucking pulling that. So <laughs> next up, Pin. From 1988. Isolated by estranged parents, Leon finds solace as an imaginary friend, which happens to be an anatomy doll from his father's doctor's office. Unfortunately, the doll begins to take over Leon's life and his sister's life as well. I have seen this film. Have you? Because
1: I have not.
0: Yeah. This was an interesting movie. It wasn't that bad, actually. I remember it being somewhat decent. It kind of sounds a little lame, but it was more of like a psychological deal.
1: It sounds like a... a a darker version of like child's play or you know like Robert the Doll
0: yeah yeah
1: well I mean Robert the Doll is the premise for Chucky anyways but it that sounds more like that
0: yeah it's in there it's a a, a psychological horror type deal you know rides the line I almost put it like in a magic category like a magic or like a yeah, that was a- uh, like the game is almost like a thriller horror type deal. Yeah,
1: I don't know why the movies, any kind of movie with dolls in it, is tends to be kind of creepy.
0: Yeah. All right, next up, 1987, Rennie Harlan. You know, he's I did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, I think it was, and you know, uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight, a lot of good movies under his belt. Uh, Die Hard 2, which wasn't probably the, my least favorite in the Die Hard franchise, but he, well...
1: I'm those bad. Late, I've some only those seen, later ones
0: are pretty bad.
1: I've only seen like the later ones. I've never really sat and watched like even the original Die Hard all the way through.
0: That's that, that's that's a tragic that's thing to say. That's tragic. I, know. I feel bad for you. you, you you're, you're losing out. Your Christmas is coming. It's a great Christmas movie. You should definitely. Well,
1: watch I, it. yeah, no, I know everybody says everybody says that too. And but I, it's like I haven't sat and watched the whole thing from beginning to end. I've seen like bits and pieces, like yeah. I've seen epic moments where you know hans Gruberlet like, jumps and whatnot but like i've never sat and watched the whole thing beginning to end in one show in one sitting
0: yeah yeah it's worth it um prison 1987's prison um vigo Mortison, the first time i remember seeing him he's in this this is a this is a cool uh, flick the spirit of a long dead prisoner returns for revenge haunting the prisoner's new governor um, Kane Hodder plays a part in this as well. I don't know if it's just stunt work or if it's if it's acting, but this was uh yeah this is one of those movies that I heard about and had to go hunt down. I own the vinyl to this too, which I got before the vinyl craze came back, and I had to go out, like, buy like a European soundtrack to this years ago. Um, I got this and From Beyond soundtrack from like Europe, um, because you couldn't get them anywhere else. Now From Beyond has been re-released and Prison could be... I don't think it is, but it, you never know these days. Um, next up, 1972, Private Parts. Now, this is not the Howard yeah. Stern Yeah, part, I
1: was just going to say the same thing. It's not which Howard I have Stern. seen. Yeah, I haven't seen this one,
0: though. Nah, this is more of a comedic one. Paul Martell Mart- did it, who did like, um... on? what do you call it? Uh, eating Raul and, um, eat, eat. <sighs> he did something else too, but eating our Roll was him. And I've seen this movie and it's along those lines. Like, um, you know, Paul Bartel, he's a, he's, I believe he was originally a comedian who like started making movies. So they have that weird zany, almost Richard Elfman, John watery, probably more towards Richard Elfman. Zaniness. Um, like that type deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have seen it. It's, uh, I mean, it's a fun watch, but it's nothing like, I wouldn't say, you know, go out and spend a lot of money on it. Right? If you can find <laughs> it for free. Watch it. All right. Next up. Woo. This is a film that I actually, I had to, uh, I had to correct Jamie Madrox of the Twisted group on this one. Oh boy. Oh yeah. So anybody who did any uh, twisted folks, I upset you, boy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he did. He he was calling him Stan Wilson. Stan Wilson directed this. When it was not Stan Wilson, it was Stan Winston, the, the great makeup effects designer. I, I
1: mean, I can see how you know he could have made that mistake. The name I was could too, close. but
0: or Stan maybe Winston. He was drunk. Stan Winston's done an incredible body of work when you he really, he, the effects wise alone. I think the only things he ever directed was Pumpkinhead, and maybe something else. Pumpkinhead's the film, which you've seen. Oh, God, um, yeah. Masterpiece of, of its time. You know, Love Lance, that movie. Lance Henriksen is great in it. We just recently watched this movie. I talked about watching this movie on mostly Ghostly of all shows. Yeah,
1: this is this is one of those movies that I try to watch at least once a year just because Cre- it is so great. I Cause I actually own this on, I, I have it on DVD and I think my dad might have it even on VHS.
0: Creepy villain. Super I creepy a, villain. I
1: to, yeah. I need to add some uh, pumpkin head stuff to my collection. I don't have any pumpkin head stuff.
0: I got a, I've got the McFarlane Pumpkinhead action figure they put out in the late nineties out yeah, of the box, I mean, but he's it's still dope, pretty cool.
1: Yeah. He's a dope character
0: he is, he's, you get that because the dude who created it was an effects artist. So he's probably been sitting on that art, you know, that design for like years, you know yep. what I mean? um, something just, He
1: jumped up in his, you know, worst nightmare.
0: Masterfully, you know, to making touches to it throughout the years. And eventually it came to a point where he was happy with it and probably said, Hey, I want to make this movie. Or he was approached and said, Hey, you want to make a movie? And then this came about, but yeah, pumpkin head masterpiece masterpiece. Sure. Later sequels, not so much.
1: Yeah, I think the first one's the only one I really like.
0: I like the second one, too, a lot. Blood Wings. I actually enjoy Blood Wings a lot.
1: Actually, wait, I have seen that one, too.
0: Yeah, Blood Wings is fun. Uh, then, it's, then it drastically jumps off of a building yeah. from that point. Yeah,
1: seriously. Then it's like a, it's a train wreck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Sci-Fi Channel took over at that point.
1: Yeah. Sci-Fi movies made, are not that great. Same they made thing 3 with that. and
0: 4 like, at the same time, which is never a good idea like with the same budget, like they just ran and made both movies. Next up, David Cronenberg's directorial debut from 1977, a film that I can only say I've seen because I've recently seen it in the last two months. Rabid. Have you seen Rabid? I have. Yeah, a young, they just did the reboot, right? The Soska, the Soska Twins is rebooting. Yep. it. Yeah, yeah the that, reboot? that
1: version was good too. Yeah, I've seen both versions and I liked them both. Uh,
0: I, 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 the, the sasca twins i'm sleeping on a little bit you know um i've never seen any of their movies uh, i definitely know about them and their deal
1: yeah I'm, the first the first movie i watched from them was dead hooker in a trunk <laughs>
0: yeah i heard dave maggot told me i shouldn't have, i shouldn't waste my time
1: with that. It's, <laughs> but, yeah no it was it was pretty bad and it got but they got better if, if you i wanted.
0: bought i bought american mary i purchased it. i yeah. love
1: that movie i haven't and watched I it, it yet but it i do yet. own it
0: in my collection yeah
1: yeah. I just watched it. It was, stre- it's streaming on like Tubi or something. So I watched it the other day with Justin and he hadn't seen it. So he was like, what the hell do you have me watching? I'm like, Oh, American Mary. He's like, what the f- hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I was like, just wait, it gets better.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll check it out eventually. I, like I said, I picked that up. Uh, FYI, my FYE went out of business and I grabbed that for cheap money, but I'll eventually check it out.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. It's definitely worth a watch.
0: And then we have 1987 Rampage from William Friedkin. You know what I mean? Starring Michael Bain from the Terminator films.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen this one.
0: I have seen this one um, a long, long time ago. Um, and I know, But I know that I've watched it and I watched it because Friedkin made it. I know that because I love Friedkin. So I have seen it, um, and I'm noticing that it's, no, it's it's even even though I have seen it, it's listed as a drama thriller. So right there, off the list. We take we take the cake. I won't even give us double points. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, I'll be nice. Okay. Next up, next up is a 1999 film that isn't a horror movie either, or at least not you know categorized. Oh, actually, it is. My bad. Um, and I have seen it. Ravenous. Have you have you seen Ravenous?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Starring Guy Pearce, a uh, boy David Arquette's in there. I think it's a G- J- either Jeremy Davies or Robert Carlyle. Um, one of them is like from Train, like the wild one from Train Spotting. Yeah, remember?
1: no, I haven't seen this then. but, but I don't know what
0: uh, about. He's a cool actor. I'd love to work with him. Actually, I bet he's a super cool dude. He reminds me of uh, Brandon Fucking Dissimilio, or whatever his name is from the Bam Margera gang. Um, but Ravenous is a great movie, you know. Uh, you know about cannibals back in the day, like a, like a military group where they, they they get a there's a straggler that they pick up, and uh, his whole crew's dead. If I remember correctly, his whole team's dead. And he tells everybody that fucking they were attacked, but then you come to find out that he ate them and that he was a cannibal and he starts awesome. eating he starts eating people within their camp type deal. Oh,
1: so I need to watch this one.
0: And the dude, the dude that I'm talking about from train spotting is such a fucking great villain, and he plays crazy so well, like in train spotting that, like, he plays this cannibal dude perfectly. It's probably his best performance. That and train is probably his best performance. This movie went very under the radar. It has, um, it has an appearance from Jeffrey Jones, if I remember correctly, the red-haired guy from, like, Ferris Bueller, um, who also, you know, supposedly has, you know, dark interests behind the scenes from what they say. They speculate.
1: Yeah, probably. Everybody else in Hollywood does.
0: They speculate. I'll go and speculate if one of his friends were were lying on the stand for him. I I don't think I would support that lie. But, you know, maybe something else. Next up, 1991. (laughs) The Resurrected. Um, This is uh, Charles... Actually... Yeah. Is this what we... This might be that Easter movie we watched. We watched. No, actually, I don't think it is. This is Charles Dexter Ward's wife enlists the help of a private detective to find out what her husband is up to in a remote cabin owned by his family for centuries. Dan O'Bannon. Hell yeah. This must have been right before Dan O'Bannon passed. 91.
1: Chris Sarandon, I think we did watch this for...
0: it's very possible that I've seen this film because I'm a mark for Dan O'Bannon. 2009, he died, unfortunately. Anybody that don't know who Dan O'Bannon is, you know, he wrote Alien.
1: Yeah, actually, I think I did see this.
0: Return of the Living Dead, Dark Star. He was real close with Carpenter. They went to college to film school together. And it's based Uh, on
1: H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. The the case of Charles Dexter Ward. Yeah, I have seen this one because I think... um, Chris Sarandon, wasn't he at?
0: Um, right, yeah, he's Boston
1: a, Fan fast at that, that.
0: He's Fright Night,
1: Fright
0: Night, yeah. And, uh, yep. Okay, Cool Moons. Yeah, Dan O'Bannon's great. Rest in peace, Dan O'Bannon. Man, he died before his time. He had his hand in Return of the Living Dead. He wrote, he even directed Return of the Living Dead. Like he, he has, uh, he had his hands on some big shit. Like he, if he lived and was still around today, he'd be somebody he would be showing respect to. Like we do the bigger people, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the the
1: George Romeros and... Yeah, maybe not as big as
0: George Romero, but like Joe Dante. Not to take anything from Joe Dante. I love Joe Dante, but I feel like there's different brackets to that super duper uh, influence. But Dante is the shit. The Burbs is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I remember being a fan of The Burbs before I was even like a fan of film. Like when you're, it's, when you're growing up, just those movies, you like being a fan of them. And then you, you know, you fall, fall into being a fan of a lot more films as you dive deeper into it. But I remember as a kid loving the burbs, you know what I mean? Dante. Yeah, because it was Gremlins. scary
1: without being scary. Yeah.
0: And Gremlins, like Dante is untouchable as well. But yeah, I'd put Dan O'Bannon yeah. put in that category too, if he was still kicking. Um, unfortunately, they don't, he, he's not getting, you know, they should talk about him more. Next up, 1989, Alejandro Jodorowsky's Santa Sangre. All right. This is a beautifully done art house masterpiece of a film. Said it's horror, but I don't really. It's more of a thriller, but I, it says it. I uh, love this film. You know, former circus artist escapes from a mental hospital to rejoin his armless mother, the leader of a strange religious cult. And I love cult films. And is forced to enact uh, brutal murders in her name as he becomes her arms. Oh, that um, sounds
1: good. I haven't, because I haven't seen this. So Axel, this is definitely going to yeah, be on my list to watch.
0: Uh, Axel Hodorowsky, Guy Stockwell's in it. Uh, another, some more of his kids are in there. I believe one of his kids was killed after making, or right before this movie came out, who plays the pimp in the movie. Um Fun fact, Sabrina Dennison who plays Alma in this was actually in Insomniac, the Boom Bastic Matthew Fisher vehicle.
1: Nice. <laughs> and
0: uh, she's a very friend of well, she's a friend of the Boombastic group. Um, we'd have her on the show. She she is deaf, which is nothing wrong with that, of course, but it does make things a little more difficult for shows like this. You know what I mean? Yeah, you
1: kinda need a um, check later the and sweetest,
0: all that. Sweetest, greatest lady in the world. I love her to death. She's such a sweetheart. Um, but, uh, I want to put her in that doc, that doc we talked about. I want to put her in that with an interpreter.
1: Oh, that'd be friggin' amazing.
0: But Santa Sangre, devastating movie. Um, I made one, I I stumbled into Alejandro Hodorowsky way later in life. I got a box set with like El Topo, the Holy Mountain, um, a short film he did. And then he did, there was a film that he, his first film caused riots and he's from, He's from um, Chile, I believe. And he caused like riots in the theaters. Um, his movies are real trippy and stuff. But yeah, I stumbled into that way later in life. It's fun. I I, 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 I remember get, picking Severin films. I always give them credit for releasing Santa Sangri on Blu-ray in a beautiful edition. I remember I watched that. Uh, I watched the, the bonus features. I devour all bonus features. And they had this interview with this actress that played Almer in it, And I was like... Oh, you know, cool, cool, cool. And then I want to say like a month later, I was on the set of a film I was a producer on called House Across the Street. You know, the big one with Eric Roberts and all that, and Courtney Gaines and stuff, Alex Rocco, Ethan Embry. Boom, Jessica Sonnenborn, fun. Probably the biggest film I've done. So um, the director was also deaf and Sabrina made a visit to the set because it, their community is pretty strong. And I met her and I remember on set, like a, she looked a little familiar, but I figured, you know, just a community person, you know what I mean? You meet a lot yeah. of people. And I remember her husband came over and she was like, Oh, she was in a movie too. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And he starts going through his phone and I was waiting for him to pull up a picture of an Adam Sandler movie or one of these movies they shoot around here. And he pulled up the poster for Santa sangria. And I was like, no fucking way. Cause then it clicked in my head. And I was like, she's the girl I was watching do that interview. Like in the bonus features. So I was like, holy shit, a big deal. And that's where our love, big love affair started from that point, but she's the best. So that's my nice set, this angry story. Next up, you'll meet her soon. Next up. 1995's screamers. Woo. With Robocop himself.
1: Yep. Um,
0: This film I've seen, I would love to watch it again because I remember it being like not good. And you're, you're smiling like it was a good film. <laughs> so I, I do want to like watch it again.
1: Huh? I like it.
0: It, it. it was some of that good 90s, like horror cheese. Which, yeah. Yeah, I can see you that. Need the but, horror,
1: you need the horror cheese in your life. Because at the time, like, that was when I really was getting more into horror movies on my own, away from the stuff my parents would watch. Yeah. So that was like one of those ones that. I got into, you know, perusing the horror movie section at, like, Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that and that was one of them. I remember that, like, I remember when that came to theaters. I remember the promotional stuff for that. I remember the trailer. Um, yeah, Peter Weller, man. I don't remember Peter Weller. As a kid, I remember wondering why, how he got that starring role in the movie, because I never really remember him being that big... RoboCop, of course, but outside of RoboCop, I never really remember him being much of a leading man. And that's yeah, no disrespect to Peter, because I'm a fan.
1: Well, good, well, didn't he had a lot of issues after making the RoboCop movies anyways from being in that suit, so I don't think he was in too much more after that.
0: Like physical issues?
1: Yeah, I get it, like...
0: That makes sense. I think yeah, that, that sounds familiar. It was, but- like,
1: heavy. I, 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 I want to say that he ended up with, like, some kind of, like, serious back issues from that costume. Yeah, I can see something that. Or something. Something happened. I I remember hearing something about him happening on that set and something to do with the costumes. Hmm.
0: I believe it because back in the, I think they made that in like eighty seven to eight 88, or 88, 89 something like that. And yep, it wasn't the days where they could just three D print styrofoam, you know?
1: Seat yeah. Put on or you be in like getting prosthetics put on for like 20 hours before you yeah. even got to shoot.
0: He was probably wearing real metal and shit and aluminum and the padding that, so, so it's not digging into his skin. Yeah. Exactly, I, wonder,
1: like, I remember there, he, there was something, I, I remember hearing that he got rushed to the hospital from the set, something to do with the costume. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go back and look it up. <laughs>
0: one of the, one of the most uncomfortable suits have to be the alien suit.
1: Oh have my God. Yeah. The,
0: the the, the the big tall lanky dude that 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 climbed into that suit was like damn dude like I felt bad for that dude that just looked like you were sweating buckets and buckets and buckets and yeah, he was a I real thin buckets. dude yeah because like the alien's thin so like you need someone that's almost like sickly thin to be able to fit into it and do the whole deal and the head that head part's real heavy it's big so I assumed that it was probably real heavy and what's his name fucking designed that up. there's gotta
1: there had to be like some kind of cooling system or something in it though
0: yeah yeah well, yeah like being
1: that yeah. big, you can't expect somebody to be on set in that in that bad boy and not well, actually thing in there
0: if you think about it and let, I mean it's very possible they had multiple puppets and stuff they usually do that, but if he if they ever had a scene, which I'm sure they did where he had to move in it while the face was moving, that would be heavy as shit because it would have all the mechanics in the top half of that, yeah
1: grid. yeah like there had to be like something behind the scenes on that, to, for that out, that effect. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be in there. That'd be like, that's worse than being Mickey Mouse at Disney World.
0: I know, and that, that he, they probably paid him like $20 a day. He probably made like nothing to do that. Right. Unfortunately. Um, next up, 1982's The Sender. Uh, the, the film's about a disturbed telepathic man And uh, how he's unable to control his ability to transmit his dreams and visions into the minds of the people around him, or even influence reality. Female therapist tries to help him, but his mother gets in the way. I have not seen this film. I would watch this movie. I would.
1: It sounds interesting.
0: I definitely would watch that movie. I unfortunately I never have. It's probably, it is. It's on a- a- we can get it on Amazon prime right now for three bucks, but I'm not going to, because we lost a fucking point to that movie. So yeah. fuck that movie dude. That's all I got to say. Fuck that movie. All right. Next <laughs> up <laughs> session nine.
1: Yes. That I have seen
0: from 2001, the year of nine 11 tensions rise within an asbestos cleaning crew. Uh, as they work in an abandoned mental hospital with horrific past it seems to be coming back now this was based out of massachusetts or close i remember I this is somewhat of, i think it was somewhat of a local movie
1: yeah cause i know i've seen it that was like when netflix first started like streaming
0: yeah Brad right Directed by a Brad Anderson. Um, I know yeah, David Caruso was the star of it. Anybody who hasn't, spoiler alert, it's all the psychological mind fuck the whole movie. Uh, but it's fun. It's a good watch.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad movie at all.
0: My cousin first turned me. My cousin Carlos Barranzo first turned me on to this film. Um, and through without him, I will never see him. So thanks, Carlos. <laughs> um, next up, 1998's Shadow Builder. Woo! Um, a demon is summoned to take the soul of a young boy who has the potential to become a saint. Are we talking about our buddy Saint? Uh, by doing this, he will open a doorway to hell and destroy the world. That's Saints' whole objective to destroy the world. This actually stars our buddy Michael Rooker. Interesting.
1: Yeah, no, this is not one I've seen, though.
0: Yeah, I've never seen this one either. I'm going to have to give us a good old, big old check against us for that.
1: Well, at least uh, this one they earned.
0: <laughs> yeah, they got us on that. And I'd watch that. That Those movies with demons always creep me out more than your typical regular films. Next up, 1972 classic, Sisters, from director Brian Del Palma, starring Margot Kidder, Jennifer Salt. You know what I mean? As sisters... Um it's just a psycho movie, you know what I mean? It's one of those cool, psychological, crazy movies. This is one of the Palmas, you know, creme de la creme, as they'll say, um, of, of tension. You know, they're building him off to be kind of like a, a new age Hitchcock and such with tension in the way that he shoot things. Um, and Sisters kind of fits into the mold of that. He's like a Hitchcock meets Roman Polanski type deal, style-wise. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, hopefully you saw it, because I haven't. <laughs> I have seen
0: it, I and I own it. I own this on a glorious Criterion Collection, old Criterion Collection DVD, like the first batch of Criterions that came out. Uh, good film. Brian Del Palma is, uh, I'd almost call him underrated, but he's hes not. People appreciate him, so, yeah. And he's a great director. You don't really see him doing too much theatrically in a big release much anymore. Um, A great documentary came out about the Palma called the Palma like two years ago. It's on Amazon. I think if anybody wants to likes documentaries on filmmakers, it's a good watch. Next up from 1987 starring our boy, Terry O'Quinn directed by Joseph Rubin, the stepfather.
1: I just actually just watched that.
0: This is a good flick. I enjoy this film. I have the first three. There are three on VHS.
1: Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I only watched the first one. I the other two, I forgot which
0: part two two is good. It has the late Jonathan Brandis in it, which uh, makes it makes me like it more than the first one because I was a Brandis Mark back in the day. I was a big fan.
1: Yeah, it's sad that he died so young
0: and how he died. Yeah, um, next up from 1999, another '99 film. A movie that I somehow went to the store and bought blindly and enjoyed, um, starring Kevin Bacon, directed by David Cope. After being hypnotized by his sister-in-law, a man begins seeing haunted, I know you've seen this, haunted visions of a girl's ghost and a mystery begins to unfold around him. Stir of echoes? Yep. There was a sequel to this too, right?
1: Yeah, the sequel wasn't good though.
0: I believe that. I was surprised that this one was any good. I remember this movie. I, actually,
1: I, I think I actually saw this at the, in the theater.
0: I think I might have either. I think I might even have owned a poster for this at one point. That I got Yeah,
1: I remember show. going to see this. That was one of those movies that I went, like, there used to be, like, this $2 movie theater, and, like, me and my cousins would go once a week and see a movie, and I think that was one of the ones we went to see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, um, yeah, that, and it's a good. It was good. I remember it actually being pretty good. Because in 99, you weren't getting too much good horror movies.
1: No, that's when they kind of started going downhill. And it was more like comedy type movies coming out.
0: It's true. Um, Next up, we have 1981 Strange Behavior. Michael Laughlin directed. Stars Michael Murphy, Louise Fletcher, and Dan Shore. Fiona Lewis is also in the film. A scientist is, is uh, a scientist is experimenting with teenagers and turning them into murderers. I feel like I've seen this movie. Yeah,
1: me too. It sounds very familiar.
0: The cover don't look familiar, but it could have a different cover from when I've seen it, but I feel like I've seen this film. It's on Prime now for free. Um I feel like I have. Let me see what we
1: It it, it does. It really does sound familiar.
0: All right. Well, if we both think it's familiar, then I'm going to, I'm going to give it I to think we us. win. All right. I'm going to give it to us on that one. <laughs> that will be our one. Like grace, grace, like uh, what do they call that? And uh, there, there's a, there's a name, a bogey. That was our bogey. Yeah. Um, all right. 1982, 90. We're in the, we're in the hall, The the last 10 movies. Last 10 movies we are up to. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. We're up to 16 with 10 more movies left. I mean,
1: that's not really bad, though, when you take into consideration there's 100 movies on this list and there's only 16 so far that we haven't seen.
0: We have the opportunity to miss out on four more movies, folks. Four more movies.
1: Hopefully we we can get through this next 10 and I know. seen it or one of us has seen it.
0: And I will say,
1: <laughs> we're going to lose this bet right now.
0: <laughs> swamp thing. Did I just do swamp <laughs> thing?
1: No. All
0: right. 1982 swamp thing. I've um, seen it.
1: Huh? I've seen it.
0: Yeah. Wes Craven's. Yeah. Yeah. Not Wes Craven's best work, but still fun. Adrian Barbeau's in it. Ray Wise, the incomparable. David West from Last House on the Left. David West was also a musician who made uh, to go back to Last House on the Left. He made some of that music, and some of the the reason why Last House was so successful in horror is because it it did something you didn't see a lot, which see, you see know, it would show you crazy, evil, dark, bad imagery while playing you happy, beautiful, love, hippie music. And it would make your brain like freak out because it doesn't, it's
1: it doesn't, not comprehending it <laughs> the music that's going
0: with the imagery. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing's is a good time, and uh, I don't think I'd consider that horror, but that's more sci-fi. But we'll give them to that because we've seen it. You know what I mean? Um, next up, 1993, one of my favorite horror films from the from the 90s. Uh, this film, you know. Directed by Tony Randall, of course. You know, Seth Green is in this, a young Seth Green. Um, don't be confused with uh, a nice Clint Clint. Uh, Clint Howard. Makes a great uh, cameo in this with his face all fucked up from Ticks, kid. From Ticks. From 1993's Ticks. A Bill Coyne fan favorite. Yes. Um, I believe I have a version. I have two versions of this movie, and I believe... I have a bootleg version that was got at a horror convention. And then I have an actual version of it. And I believe the bootleg version came from Bill Coin, Like he, he bought, he got a new version of it. So he just gave me that. And then I like bought the, bought the version somewhere else. Or maybe I had it. Whenever someone hands me DVDs, I usually just take them. And if, yeah, I, I, don't have them, if I have them, I'll give them to somebody else. And if I don't have them, I add them to the collection. Even movies I don't watch, I'm trying to build a big library um next up have you seen ticks
1: i have i i don't do well with bug movies though
0: yeah no you. Hey, i'm with you
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh i actually watched it with billy
0: i want to do once people are roman we want to do uh ticks tarantula and ants do a big triple feature upset melissa potter make Yes. That, make her really make her mad mo
1: <laughs> yeah because i'll be sitting there scratching every time a bug shows up
0: i love it Next up, 1972's Tombs of the Blind Dead. Amando de Oserio.
1: Okay, I haven't seen this. So I'm not even going like to try Italian,
0: it. Italian, I believe, or Portugal. Portuguese, maybe. Um, I'm trying to think. There's so many of the dead movies and stuff that, like... And this is a famous one. I know. I've seen it. I just, I'm trying to put my wrap my head around what the plot was and like
1: Yeah, this is one I can legitimately say I have not seen though.
0: There was all there was there was a movie like this that I seen that was like almost half porno. Like it was like had softcore porn mixed into it. And I'm trying to I'm trying to recall. Um man, I've seen that I know I've seen this. So this is a famous one. It's an older one but it's famous. Very famous one. All right,
1: ready? Ready.
0: You've never seen Tombs of the Blind Dead?
1: No.
0: Uh, see, I and know I, I, I can gotta like, remember, and I
1: can't oh. even think that I have.
0: We're so close to the end that I don't even want to give it. Like last time, I said just give it to him, but like we're cru- we're in a crucial place here, so I don't want to just give it to him. We'll leave we'll leave that one up for debate. We'll see how close we get. Um, next up. 1971 Mario Bava classic, uh, what I kind of consider to be one of the first slasher movies, if not the first slasher movie, A Bay of Blood.
1: I don't think I have seen it.
0: Bay of Blood, sounds great familiar. film. Yeah, great film. Mario Bava is an interesting watch. He did a lot of cool flicks, and he's from a different era that you're you're kind of slide sl- slides in between the cracks of your typical horror fan. Typical horror fan, mind you. But the ones that go deeper know about him, of course. But yeah, Mario is classic. A Bay of Blood's a great film. Spoiler alert. Um, what I love about this movie is the the like the, the madness of the ending. Um, and I think it was the first time they attempted this, and it was like truly psychotic because the whole film, you, you're seeing almost like a point-of-view killer kill off all these people. Um, and then at the very end of the movie, at the last kill, it's, it's done with a gun. So you're looking through the scope of a gun, and it's like tracking down on somebody. And then it, boom, shoots him. You see him fall. And then the reverse shot is a shot of two kids looking at each other, smiling, dropping the rifle, and then running off. Oh so wow. The whole thing is that the whole movie, supposedly, these kids are the people running around killing everybody. That's, like, the fun time. And it's kids killing Yeah, people. you wouldn't
1: picture it being kids doing yeah, something like
0: that. especially in 71 when I made it. Um, and I, I love that ending. I think I see that ending. I was like, huh, what? It was great. <laughs> it had that moment, like, that April Fool's ending. Yeah. Yeah, which, as a, as a horror fan, you know, that's one of those things you don't really appreciate. Like, I, I enjoyed it because it was a trick. But, like, I could definitely see fans hating that fucking ending to, to April Fool's Day. And then now probably appreciate it more nowadays. Um, Next up, 1964. Classic film from Herschel Gordon Lewis. This is probably in his top. I'd probably say this is probably second well-known best film right after Basket. No, not right after um, Blood Feast. Um, And that is 2000 Maniacs. Are you familiar?
1: I have actually seen it.
0: I have the shirt. It was a re- it was, there was a reboot of it later by Tim Sullivan. I think was starring Robert England.
1: I thought I that sequ- was two. That was two thousand and one Maniacs with Robert England. I thought.
0: Right. Oh, it is. My apologies. It is two thousand one, but it's like a. It is a sequel to this. Okay. I think they did two. They did like another one too. I think there's like two sequels. Like two. Robert England did. He did Field of Screams, which I think is the second one, and then there was. 2001 maniacs and then i think there's 2001 because yeah,
1: 2001 maniacs, maniacs was kind
0: of or something weird i but.
1: liked i liked the kills in it but like the acting was kind of like hokey. Yeah, well, the,
0: yeah the acting's all in all her Gordon Lewis movies the acting's always usually pretty awful it comes from like a real like an old 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 50s and the 50s and shit
1: oh yeah these guys were like straight up redneck
0: well, they were the fur, but they were, like, the beginning. Like, they were the, the beginning of people making the, like, Herschel Gordon-Lewis, his horror movies, you watch them, and the blood is, like, house, red house paint. You know what I mean? Like, it's yep. so fucking red that it's, like, not even believable. But it's cool because the gore is fucking, like, ridiculous. Like, I think he was one of the – they'd go to, the, to do effects, and they'd just go buy, like, body parts from cows and shit. So, like, you're seeing, like, real guts and stuff being –
1: Pulled you out of ha-
0: red house paint and out of like Ugh. a chick's like you know what I mean like it was just a weird yeah, yeah
1: like the kind of things you've got to you've got to get it filmed in a certain amount of time so that you know body parts aren't starting to stink because they're rotting
0: yeah like the, the, the day of the dead story about how the refrigerator that had the guts for um um for Rhodes when he gets pulled in half like yeah. that, that the refrigerator busted so like all those all those guts were already starting to rot so like when you see him freaking out going ah like yeah, was was trying really on, yeah not
1: to puke because he's scum. trying not to
0: throw up yeah which is a fun story um hell yeah dude yeah that was uh joe Pilato, man rest in peace joe Pilato, who played rhodes awesome dude very sad that he died super talent he was in this movie called uh effects it was really cool um horror flick that people probably haven't seen that should be on this list but um Awesome dude. Very unfortunate. Rest in peace, Joey Pilato.
1: We should make up our own list. Of what? Shock Treatments, 101 movies you've never seen. Yeah, we should.
0: (laughs) Maybe we'll do 20. Yeah. That's a lot. But Herschel, yeah, all of Herschel's movies are interesting enough. So you should definitely check them out. And it is kind of, if you want to know about, like, if you're a fan of gore, you should definitely watch his movies because that's kind of like where it all came from. He is the godfather of gore. Um, next up, 1997's The Ugly. Okay. A female psychologist wants to understand the minds of a confessed serial killer who spent the last five years in a mental hospital because of his state. Have you seen this? I haven't. I have seen this. Um, this is like European or Fran- French or something. It's it's foreign. Um, I know about this movie because there was a compilation called Boogeyman, the horror movie compilation. Do you remember that? Like in the DVD era. And it was really just like a weird, almost like AMC style document, like something you'd watch on Halloween on on TV channel. It was like one of those, but it was like cool because you didn't really get that. So it was fun where they just kind of went through all the boogeyman, all the slasher icons and stuff like that. And that's where I first discovered this film um never really heard about it beforehand you know schizo dude you know he sees he 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 has this need to kill people and like when he but like to kill like their blood he's haunted at the same time he's haunted by all the people he's killed which i think though they're called the ugly yeah faces are all fucked up so when he like goes to kill somebody you see like the ugly in the room with him watching him do it type deal yeah um it has a lot of really cool elements to it. Uh, sounds like something
1: i it sounds like something I need to watch
0: It's kind of a slow burn, but the moments that pick up are pretty good from what I remember. You know what I mean all right number ninety six from nineteen ninety four uh aswang a young unwed pregnant girl has made an offer she can't refuse. marry a rich man with a wealthy estate to please his dying mother and she will be taken care of. Uh, What she doesn't know. is is, uh,
1: That shit crazy.
0: Now what he doesn't know is it's about the, wow. Wait, this is uh, I clicked on the thing and it went into like this gigantic deal. What he doesn't know is that uh, what he doesn't know is the family has plans to sacrifice her baby. You know, it just, it's one of those things.
1: I yeah, it's like I, a Rosemary, a Rosemary's Baby type of movie. Yeah, I got a
0: little Rosemary's Baby in there. Like, I, I hate to say it that I haven't seen this movie because we just lost a point to a movie that looks like dog shit, and that, that bothers me.
1: I shouldn't uh, even be on the list.
0: It should be. It is horror. <laughs> I know, I know. Horror, or I'd pull it. Yeah, it really bothers me to get so close, to lose a point so close to a movie that Like when we read about them and we go, yeah, that sounds interesting. Like, I don't mind that. But a movie that I have no fucking interest in ever watching and will never watch, losing a point to that is bothersome. That's
1: bullshit. (laughs) That is
0: bothersome, yeah. So um, let me give us, we got to get a point for that, I guess. But um, next up, Urban Ghost Story from 1998. After a car accident, Lizzie lies dead on the roadside. Slowly, she is taken into the light but it's pulled back to earth when she is revived by the doctors. Um, so it's just kind of like one of those, you know, close to death stories.
1: Yeah. which one I sadly, I have seen.
0: You have seen. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that because <laughs> I've never seen this film and I thought I was getting a It is stuff. Yeah, no,
1: it was, it was really, really bad. And I wish I hadn't seen it, but yes, I have.
0: <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Thank goodness.
1: Yeah, I. I it's it just. It was. I. Oh, it was. we so getting bad. super
0: close now. Next up, uh, from nineteen
1: eighty eight,
0: The Vanishing.
1: Woo! This I have seen.
0: Yeah, me too. I've only seen this because of Criterion. There was a reboot of it as well with um Jeff Bridges or Bo Bridges. I think one of the bridges were in there, but woo, good. Next up, oh, this is a fucking horrible movie too um i should have said that the direct the direct directed by (laughs) larry Fassender who you know he makes good you know he's he's more known as an actor i think but he's all over indie shit he produces a lot too seems like a very good dude but i remember this movie i've seen this movie and i remember it being bad news uh wendigo did you ever see that yeah yeah do you remember that being bad news yeah Okay, the plot was George. George is a is high-strung professional photographer who is starting to unravel from the stress of his work uh, with a Manhattan advertising agency, needing some time away from the city. Blah 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 blah. I don't want to. I remember the that what I just read was just as bad as I remember the movie being. So I don't mm-hmm. want to go any further than that.
1: Yeah, it's one of those ones that you are probably, if you are looking for a reason to go to sleep, that's it.
0: Alright. When to go. One more film. And I'm lucky to say that I have seen this film. <laughs> Alright. From nineteen seventy nine, when a stranger calls. Yes. I we just recently talked about this on mostly ghostly because we're talking about urban legends and um the old the old urban the old, legend of the the,
1: the babysitter, babysitter, the yeah, kids upstairs. The,
0: the and it actually calls.
1: wasn't, a, yeah, and it wasn't even actually that bad of a remake either with, um, what was her name? Com- Some young girl, Cam- Camilla Bell or something like that. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I actually, forgot, I forgot they even remade that. But yeah, yeah, they it, remade
1: it with her. Yeah. And that actually wasn't that bad either.
0: I I remember watching that because it's, I always loved the idea of it. So I do, for completely forgot they made that movie. Yeah, but I, I actually,
1: because I, I saw that in theaters, so.
0: And I do, yeah, I do remember watching it.
1: Yeah, that's o- that's always actually been a kind of a, a favorite of mine because it's it's scary because that's a situation that you know, growing up I used to babysit, so that's not yeah. like the type of situation you want to be in when you're a babysitter. Oh, well, it's true. So it yep. makes it even th- that much more scary because it could actually happen. I, I I find those kind of movies to be like my favorite kinds, the ones that can really happen.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree with that myself. I always think that's why that the demon shit, the devil stuff, always bothers me a little more because I grew up thinking that that shit was real deal. Well, like you really grew
1: know. up in a yeah, because you grew up in a religious family, so like that's the kind of shit too that my mom would like kind of freak out what she watched, mm. anything that was like super like, demons and whatnot. Too dark, yeah.
0: Feel like stuff you shouldn't be watching type stuff.
1: Yeah. Why are you watching that? Yeah. Like when I first saw what was it was a Salem.
0: Great movie, I love. Yeah,
1: I did too. But she was like, "You shouldn't be watching that. It's, uh, it's bad news." Because like you know, she's like super span. She was super Spanish, so like witchcraft right. and you know witches and all that kind of thing was like a all really taboo. <laughs> it's
0: true. That is true. Nowadays they love it. You know, Carol Kane from uh When a Stranger Calls. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, she had more of a career in comedy. You know what I mean? Yep. I remember her mainly from, like, Scrooge playing, like, the Tinkerbell type character, if I remember correctly. You know, Joe versus the Volcano, My Blue Heaven, um, just all over it. She plays almost, she's almost kind of, like, one of those innocent characters, like, um, like, uh, Janine from Ghostbusters. Even though Janine has a lot of sass to her, so I guess I Yeah. Well, I mean, is, well, you could, I,
1: she could. She could. She made her screen presence known and felt <laughs> yeah.
0: Carol Kane's also the mother and um, license to license drive. drive. I rewatched I, that I, last I, night. Yeah.
1: I love that movie. Uh,
0: I love it. I actually, movies. I
1: love her. She, you know, too. So
0: and the father, I love the father who's in the original it. Yep. He's fucking great. And everything he ever does, dude, I love, I, I should try and see what he's doing. Cause I would love to work with him. Um about everything I've ever seen him in, I've always loved him in.
1: Yeah, he knocks it out of the park.
0: He does. He's such a funny character too, um, and he has a great look about him. Uh, yeah, very very cool stuff. But yeah, so we went through our list. Let me see what we're dealing with here. Are
1: we under our twenty? What's it, what's our number? Which is a really kind of funny comedy movie.
0: What's our number? Or yeah, what's a, our
1: number? Our number. 17. That's not bad. I thought it was going to be worse than that.
0: The number of the Juggalo. So we have the Juggalos with us.
1: Right. <laughs> In more ways than 100.
0: That's right. So Juggalos, if you're out there, this one's for you, baby. We share this bud with you. The 17. We're 17. There uh, we go. Hell yeah. <laughs> so that was good. That was good stuff. Um, yeah, there are some movies on here that we pro- they probably could have gone deeper into. You know, more of a Hodorowski's catalog for sure. El Topo.
1: Yeah, there's definitely really movies on are, there. That, but... There's more movies that should have been on there that aren't on there.
0: Yeah. You know, but I mean, it was a decent selection. Like I said, 17 movies. And even if we want, we could do 18 if we gave him that last movie we left up in the air. But still, too, beat him we beat we beat Fangoria's list.
1: Yep, cuz they said 101 that we haven't or 100 that we haven't seen and there're only 18 of them. So that's not a bad number to me. 18, or 17 being, and a nice. Half.
0: <laughs> Eighteen being nice. I'm going to go back to the front of the list real quick and see those ones that we didn't see if that was uh
1: because they weren't um, really horror.
0: Beyond the door. Yeah, I I, I, I can't remember quite um, ooh, Ameri- a Chinese ghost story. I don't think we've seen that one. Then, but no,
1: that one was one that we definitely disagreed on. Not being, haven't, that we agreed on not seeing. Rather,
0: uh, the Day of the Beast. I will say, a movie that we both said sounds like a great film, but never seen. It's only listed as an action adventure comedy. So w- that take. We could take that hit away from us, so that brings us back to seventeen, I guess, because we we're giving up that other one. <laughs> I know, but we, we still, we want. Yeah, no, we
1: still sh- knocked it out of the park.
0: We're overkilling. i We're just trying to overkill him now with it. We'll let him save some face and keep it moving. But yeah, we did pretty good with that. You know, I was a little—I uh, got worried. I'm not gonna lie. There was a few moments where I started to go, "Shit!" Like, uh, I really—I don't want to get down to the end. And then all of a sudden, you know, lose it by one point—that would suck. That's right? It'd be garbage. That'd be horrifying shit.
1: That be, no, that would be horrifying shit. Would have been if we actually hadn't seen any of the movies on this list.
0: That's true. We could do a, we could bring when we have guests on. We could have them do their own little list, and we can see how how much of horror fans they actually really are.
1: Yeah, what if they seen that we haven't?
0: That could be scary, though.
1: That could be another. That could be another game show type.
0: I support anybody that's seen more horror movies than me. I just I uh, I question every now and then. No names, no names. Every now <laughs> and then, you'll talk to someone that says they're a big gigantic horror movie fan and. They haven't even watched all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies for crying out loud.
1: And even I've done that.
0: Well, wow, you are a horror fan. It's funny well, horror. Is- I
1: mean, I'm more like the more the like the mainstream type horror because that's what I you're was.
0: you I'd even but, say you're you're a little less. You're a little more. You're a little more, you're a little more than that. You're more underground. I'm starting
1: it. to get. I'm starting to get more into the underground stuff over the last few years since I started hanging out with all you guys. I've gotten more into older horror and more indie horror and yeah. whatnot. so it's my I, i've brought in my horizons as to what i watch now than what i used to watch
0: yeah i mean that's good though you don't be too hard on yourself because there's a whole new there's a whole new group of horror people you know coming in with the t how we have so many horror tv shows and stuff like that now we have a lot of people that'll just be horror fans because they like horror tv and don't even watch movies you know what i mean there's just yeah. there's so many different it's, it's, elements it's, to it now
1: it's, it's scary, but not scary to the point where they're not going to sleep that night.
0: Yeah. I mean, horror, horror fan, there's different tiers to horror fans. You know what I mean? There's people, there's lifers that have been doing it forever. They <laughs> know all their stuff, you know, there's people, and, and none of them are any better than any of the other ones. But um, then there's people, you know, people who started since COVID, you know, they, they have more time during COVID. So they're watching more movies. they find out they love horror movies. Like they're still horror fans, you know what I mean? Um
1: and then but, once they take into play too, like a lot of horror movies are based off of shit that's going on in society anyways. Yeah. It makes it a little more relevant because, you know, it's the horror community's way of dealing with the bullshit of life.
0: It's true. That is true fact. Deal you know, dealing with the problem I was through through the entertainment. You know, it's uh,
1: making it worth having to deal with watching, you know, putting up with the bullshit. It like, like, uh, it's it's interesting when you actually pay attention and realize that it's as close to what's going on in society right now than it, that it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's closer than people would like to think. No.
1: Jordan Peele has been the front man on that train right now.
0: Jordan Peele's killing it, yep. Yeah. Jordan and Ari, I think the the two b- big people, the two new faces that are really killing it are Jordan Peele and Ari Aster. You know, on that big level. You know, I can't really think of, you know, Joe, that what's his name? David Gordon Green or whatever, uh, who did Halloween, did their newest Halloween. Like, I wouldn't really consider him a horror director because he does a little bit of everything. But, like, I'd almost put him... As far as like Hollywood goes, because you you have to put different categories, you know, there's got to be different categories for like a Everything. bigger horror film and like a smaller horror film and such of different obstacles and such that if you're going to critique, if you're going to critique them, you can, certain things you can, you can critique knowing that the money's there and certain things you can't contri- conti- critique because you know that the it's out of their hands, you know. It's weird. The Horror horror, horror the horror fandom is a weird thing.
1: There's it's a so great many, thing.
0: Yeah, there's so many deals where it's like, you know, there's people that just love the old stuff. There's people that probably just love the new stuff. There's people that probably just love TV horror. There's people that might just love book horror. And people just that love just love
1: that. People. people that love that really fucked up. You shouldn't even be watching it horror.
0: Yeah, the people love that. People that love like
1: those, those like snuff film type of.
0: There's people that consider Lifetime movies horror.
1: That is horror horrible to watch.
0: Except if Sarah French is in it, that it's great to watch. And Felissa. And Felissa. Yeah. And Ted. <laughs> Ted
1: Bundy. Once, yeah, once upon a time, uh, Lifetime movies were the, a, a thing. And now it's like I can't believe I used to actually sit and watch this
0: shit. That house across the street movie I, that I was a part of—that was the bi- big deal for me. Was pretty much a lifetime movie. They were they were hoping for big. They were hoping for like big theatrical. They're all it good. folks. Happen. Well, not all of them. I mean, all of them are good folks, but not all of them thought that we were going theatrical. Certain ones thought we were going theatrical, and it just. You knew it wasn't reality. Well, That was
1: like, that was like when uh, Joey Fatone was in that movie, Homie Spumoni. And he, he thought it was going to be bigger than it was. Because I, I had never even heard of it. Didn't know he did the movie. And the ex-husband was a big fan of it. So I had found it on, like, Amazon or something. And I ordered it for a Christmas present for him. And it actually turned out to be it's pretty funny. And if it was marketed better... And even Joey agreed, if it was marketed better, it probably would have done a lot better.
0: Yeah, marketing really kills things, you know. And, and comedies are kind of difficult to market, you know what I mean? Especially if it's pushing, if it's a raunchier comedy. Because, oh, it like,
1: definitely is definitely raunchy.
0: Yeah, so like it's, it's difficult to push because you can't push it to families. But like the flip side of it is like you also can't just play it after midnight the trailer after midnight every night hoping that the right audience will see it so it's yeah like, it's weird to kind of yeah because i don't think i've TV even dark.
1: i don't i don't even think i've ever even seen it on tv like regular yeah. tv like occasionally it's one of those movies you might catch on like showtime late at night right but not other than that
0: joey fatone
1: yeah my buddy joey
0: I wanna him and the Bloodhound Gang did a song together. I wanna to do a video for it.
1: Oh, that'd be awesome. We'll hook it up.
0: We'll hook it up. We'll get get the gang.
1: We should, we should definitely do that. I
0: don't think the Bloodhound Gang even make, makes music anymore, unfortunately.
1: Probably not. Maybe we can get them to do a reunion.
0: I would love. I'm 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 gonna throw some two cents. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop a name at the, at the gathering. We talked to Rob. <laughs> we talked to Rob, at the Valenjay's brother. That's who we do all our business through. Uh, and I am gonna. Like, we're gonna. The, whole, the plan is to go every year from now on because we. I would love to. And they're good folks, but it I yeah. Like
1: it's such a good time. I hope that you know. Next so, year, when the yeah, yeah. I want
0: you guys to. I want more people to come out. It's fun. But next year, what? Next year when they start up, and I'm gonna when they when they do them again, they canceled together. in this year. But when they start up again, I'm gonna hit them up with a list of people, and I'll be like. The Bloodhound Gang, dude, would be perfect for the fucking gallery.
1: Oh my god, god,
0: yeah! And I don't think they've ever played it.
1: I'd be interested, just because it's not something I would normally go. It wouldn't be something I would normally go to on my own.
0: We have a pal of the show, Daddy Longlegs, uh, lead singer of Wolfpack, who actually he he was like the second the second rapper, if you will, of Bloodhound Gang for the first like two albums. And then he kind of went off and did his own thing, but he works he's like he's like uh he's works for psychopathic radio, i think, which is you know ICP is like radio station deal, and uh so like he he's in tied into it so i'm all i was always wondering i was wondering i don't know i don't want i wouldn't want to speculate that there was beef <laughs> foolish, but I've always been curious but there usually
1: is you, usually it's a beef that causes things to end. Yeah,
0: it's a weird thing too. Even it's like and even if it was like a even if it was a situation where it was like, you know, okay, I'm I'm going to leave, everybody's cool cuz so I believe they're still cool, they're all friends. But it's like even if you say, "Hey, you know, I'm going to leave and do something else." Bloodhound Gang definitely blew the fuck up after he left, and I'm not saying because of that that, you know, that was anything to do with it, but like they definitely blew up after that, and I almost like I I would feel if I was a part of something that I helped get them somewhere and then I kind of, even if I stepped out myself.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like a smack in the face. Like how come this didn't happen while we were doing general,
0: it? You can't really be upset at the guys because you're making the choice, but like, you'd be kind of upset with yourself. Like, man, like what the
1: fuck? Like if I but, just stuck around a little bit longer.
0: I'm sure. Yeah. But I'm sure he has, I'm sure he had his reasons or whatever. And he works with some of them still too. So it's not like there's uh Gigantor beef or anything, you know?
1: Right. It's a weird thing. I mean, he, he could have walked weird, away yeah. for family. He could have walked away for family reasons, for all we know.
0: For all, he could have Rick Moranis. He could have been Rick Moranis Jr. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know?
0: What do you think like, of Rick Moranis getting blasted in the fucking mouth?
1: That's that's awful. Like the poor guy has been like gone. Yeah. From humanity for like how long? And years he years almost, he yeah. comes he comes out to do a fucking commercial for Ryan Reynolds and gets popped. Comes out of retirement.
0: This is our big after hours section, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: there. yeah, right.
0: Uh, yeah, before we bounce out, what's your opinion? I've been seeing a lot of. I, th- I brought this up to you earlier. I've been seeing a lot of people. You know the cameo video, right? Mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot of artists, rappers, and film people. They're buying cameos. And they're paying Joe Blow. Like, the film, what I seen was Kevin Smith. And then the rapper one. Fucking, I don't even remember who it was. But it was, like, it was, like, both, like, you know, whoever the fuck. And, um, like, they're paying these people to be, like, oh, I support this movie. I support this music. You should, too. And it's, like, I, it's such a lame card to pull, like. like I just think so. Because, it's like, it's not like. It's not like, for it's, nothing.
1: If it's something I'm not into. Yeah. And you're going to pay me, I will say whatever the hell you well, want. Well, yeah, to not price is right.
0: I'm not blaming the celebrity. I'm blaming, I think it's kind of, and it's I blame kind of the it. audience of the people taking it in realistically. Like the mo- the people that be, bl- you, know, you blame the people kind of doing it, but it's like a marketing thing. So, like, and it, they're catching up with the time. So, do you blame them? But then you blame the gullible people that are like, do you really think, like, the, the people that can't for whether a delusional thing, they don't want to see it or can see it. It's like you can't see this as a cameo video. Like it's cool that yeah they got so and so to talk about it, but it's like that person doesn't.
1: They specifically not want investing.
0: To it. They're not investing yeah. their actual faith. They're not actually investing their faith into this project. They're literally being like,
1: no, the people paying they're reading
0: it off of a paper off yeah. their phone. They're like, yeah, fuck it. Joe Blow Seventeen is uh, a great film.
1: We want you. you we want you to see Ryan Reynolds. And yeah. support this project just because you saw that Ryan Reynolds is attached to it by a commercial.
0: Yo, motherfucker, this is Ja rule, motherfucker. You need to go <laughs> check out that new Hot Twenty Seven Two Four Six piece. Maybe they're not to on the watch street it or listen. My boy, my boy, MC Fourteen got a new record out. <laughs> you need to go cop that right now, immediately. Put down everything you're doing and go out there and pick this up. Catch yeah, no. me on cameo. Buy my cameo for 150 bucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, no.
0: It's weird though. Like I that just bought like it's very weird. Like you'll see there's like can, marketing well, tactics. We'll
1: stop, yeah, we'll just stop, you know, paying people to say they listen to shock treatment.
0: Well that's the thing. Like realistically, we could be we could reach out to Samuel Jackson and be like, what probably like two hundred bucks and he'll he'll cut us a video that'll be like hey guys, you're listening to my favorite fucking horror podcast of all time, <laughs> Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie. And uh, I guess some people would eat that up, but I don't know. It just seems like super fake. I don't know. It seems trickery. It's like...
1: Hey, who knows? Know. He, he could listen and we don't know about it.
0: I'd hope he'd listen. I'd, I'd pay him the $200 just to listen to an episode of fucking Mo- Shock Treatment with hey. Mel and Maddie and give us feedback.
1: Jason Lively's listened because we have a comment from him when we were on WBOB. And we gotta get him
0: on our shows. We gotta get him on before he has to change a heart.
1: <laughs> yes, especially now that, that was, he's yeah, especially now that he's uh gonna be in Terrifier too.
0: That'd be cool though. I'm looking forward to that.
1: I'd actually that'd be a good uh, love we'll the boys on again, hopefully. Yeah, I was just gonna say that'd be a uh,
0: They're good guys. Good
1: segue, Damien, David, Felissa and Jason saying they're all That would be a good
0: four that would be a good that would be a great show actually. I support that.
1: Yeah, I think that would be really good.
0: Coming up next on The Door Thing, we have...
1: We got to get Lawrence. it. We got to get it before they do. <laughs>
0: we got to delete it. We, get, we can't let them. Well, luckily, nobody from the... I don't think anybody from the network listens to our show, so...
1: Exactly. Luckily, we we don't have to worry about
0: thing. it. Yeah. The future.
1: James Lamond will take the idea for Culture Shop.
0: <laughs> That's all right. James is a good dude. James shares yeah. our stuff more than more than fucking anybody else.
1: Yep, that's why I'm going to I love reciprocate forever. the love back.
0: He has love, our eternal love for He's well, a brother from a different mother.
1: Yeah, all you Massachusetts people, all have to stick together and I'm the little roadie outsider.
0: <laughs> but we're all humans and we're all Yeah.
1: People,
0: so that's all that matters.
1: And we're all warped we're all, you know, screwed in the head, so we all get along wonderfully well.
0: I think James got a werewolf movie coming. I, I think, think so
1: would. too. I saw that post.
0: That's cool. Did you? I'm ever interested. Sh- did you see Stray? You never checked out Stray with us, did you? No. We went. We we drove to fucking the other end of the earth of Massachusetts to fucking. You the end room? of the earth. Of Massachusetts, Earth, yeah. It was like an hour and a half drive to see the the our, our boys at Fat Foot Films doing their their Stray movie very fun film I guess they just got streaming they're supposed to be on the show sometime to talk about the deal but uh yeah they they, uh, they did a they were smart they didn't show the werewolves that much which was good um, especially because what you're dealing with lower budgets like us, you know what I mean ours do you
1: see that Anthony Ferber gave us a shout out for American Sasquatch that was one of his movies that he just watched within the well, last very- couple of days for um, the 31 days of
0: I seen October. Ante Thurber hit me up immediately and, and very, and, 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 and lovable Ante Thurber fashion. He immediately let me know what he did not like about the film. Yep. And then he let me know what he liked about the film,
1: <laughs>
0: which, I, which is good because then you know, he actually watched it.
1: Yeah. And, and even for, you could tell he really watched it, even from what he wrote online in the post for the movie.
0: There's something that I, that I don't like a lot about the end of our segment, our segment of that. No, no one's came to me with a complaint about it yet. So I'm going to see if they. But the thought...
1: fact that it was super cold out that day, and I. No,
0: that was more behind the scenes. I don't like. To, I'm out of it. The, the, our segment of the Bigfoot thing, we were we we were we were under a deadline type deal, so we had to kind of rush it out, and it was taking a little while. And the music, there was a musical track that is, at the last musical track, I don't dig. I, I'm not a big fan of. And I remember it we went back. We were getting close to the deadline type deal and it was like, I, David did it. And I remember just being like, yo, like it was the first time I think I ever went back to him and it was like, we got to change this song. And uh, there was like, it was such a deadline that he changed it to something else that I wasn't cool. Like it was one of those things that was like, yeah, yeah. You either fucking deal with the song you don't like or you don't put the film in the project. And it was like, fuck.
1: deal so with the, song don't the film like. in the
0: project. But yeah, I don't What Anthony did, Anthony didn't, there was a certain point of view shot that he didn't like, but I think he just didn't, either I didn't do a better job interpreting it or he didn't interpret it correctly. The way you
1: wanted. Yeah.
0: But like, so he didn't like one shot of it, which was kind of weird because it was a point of view shot, but we love you, Anthony. And then, but my gripe's the song. I really don't, anybody who's seen it, I really don't dig the last song. And no beef with Dave. It's just, I don't think that we, we we were under a deadline and you do what you can do. It's like one of those 48 hour film festival things really, where it's just like, you got this amount of time to do this and it needs to be handed in by this time.
1: Yeah. Otherwise you're SOL.
0: But it's a fun, I do like that short. Like I said, every, I like the only thing I really don't dig on it, which it's just something that's a little bit eh for me, which is just like the last song. I think it runs too long. And I think the vibe of it isn't quite what I wanted for, that scene, it's weird. It's almost coming off like a party jam, when it's supposed to be like a mellow fucking moment. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What what can you do? But yeah, I was glad. I was glad to see that he did that. Anybody out there, go check out American Sasquatch on Amazon. Uh, Boombastic Films uh, did a segment on it. I sh- I directed it. I should say. So,
1: that was a fun so, day. So.
0: Yeah, Mad Mel was on there. She helped cold, the costume cold, together
1: Yeah, cold rainy snowy icy but fun <laughs> the
0: second coldest shoot the coldest shoot of all time was we did a segment called ford for our buddies for tony newton over there in the uk um and that was a cold. i,
1: cool, <laughs> I drove stuff. home that day with we no were, shoes on no socks on because my my socks and shoes were so Soaked from walking <sighs> down there, and I was, I was like, I couldn't. Like, I got to the house, I got to my house, and I'm literally stripping outside so that I didn't track like all the mud and snow into the house. Yeah. My father is like, "Did you get killed in this movie?" He was like, "Because you look like you did." I was <laughs> like, no, well, <laughs> not you yet.
0: Don't get <laughs> the uh, we shot him a-, a segment called Ford. We were in the middle of the fucking woods in the winter, and. We had a house that was right next to us that we could go in and get warm and shit. Well the people that like had time. Certain people had to be out there the whole time, unfortunately, myself being one of them. I remember my feet feeling like they were frozen solid by, toward, by the end of it.
1: Hell yeah, that's when you need like, a case of those little like hand warmers, hand warmers and yeah. throwing them in your, in your boots and stuff so that you didn't you know, yeah. freeze to death.
0: And when I say that the coldest I've ever felt at my watch, I'm not being no baby about it. Like My feet have been fucking freezing like i've walked through ponds like in the winter you know not intentionally but you know get with wet feet walk distances in the snow and shit and the, the way that my feet the how cold dude i've never felt my feet that cold in my life like i thought there was gonna be a problem like an issue yeah
1: that's scary yeah like a hypothermia type of deal once you get back into
0: pull, when you pull oh. off your pull off your sock and your foot looks like a glazed chocolate donut yeah
1: yeah and
0: you go yeah and I said, Alex, come here.
1: It's gonna be a bad day.
0: I make Alex rub my decaying feet, <laughs> rub the skin off of it. But I did that
1: for Justin at the hospital today. Did you? <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you know what I would? Ha- I would have to do voodoo magic to get Katrina to itch my feet. <laughs> and I said that so she can hear this. The world's so know. funny
1: because, like, he's like he he has like a foot fetish now for me doing that. <laughs> He like loves it now. Like before, he hated people touching his feet. Now he doesn't even complain.
0: I always say it: as your feet are so important because you walk on them all the time, and they're yeah. like they never get massaged. And That muscle is always just tough. And and you've ever see that diagram of like the um, the needles, the different uh,
1: spots,
0: yeah, with like certain points. Well, that's
1: like, that's why I I've become a master of massages because like yeah. I've studied all that stuff. Yeah. So I actually put it into use, like when when my mom was still alive. I used to do it for her all the time because she had such bad circulation, so it like helped, and
0: it's she never
1: ever complained. Yep, and that's that's why I like to go get pedicures done because you no. know they make them all pretty and they give you a foot massage. Who's gonna complain about a foot massage? Not me. No way.
0: I want. I mean, I'd rather feet. get it for
1: free, but I don't oh, mind yeah. paying for it either.
0: That's the thing. Like you usually gotta pay like fucking hundred bucks. Kind of I, I paid,
1: I paid, 60. I paid a hundred bucks. No, you know, um, the place I go to, you get the, like, they do the hot stones and everything and it's 40 bucks.
0: 40 bucks,
1: huh? Yep. What is this? The spa treatment, golden, gold nails in Johnston, not far from where my father About, lives. For like an hour? No, it's like, it, it takes, it feels like an hour, but it's like maybe half hour, 45 minutes from start to finish. It's not bad. It's <laughs> definitely worth the $40.
0: Me and, the then, cat would- and
1: then when they're done and then when you're done with your foot massage like like with with cat you know why her toenails were drying or whatever they come over and they give you a back massage because you haven't yeah. just been sitting on a massage chair the whole hour while you're getting your pedicure you know so they, they rub your back and all that other fun stuff too i'm like i'm not gonna argue with 40 bucks for that it's well worth it i me and justin for my birthday we went and had pedicures done yeah, he did it with me. I was like, "Yes, I like this." <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah, that stuff's good. It's good, like being pampered. Like that's good. It it seems very girly, but it's good for everybody.
1: No, it it is, I and mean, a lot more guys are starting to do it now. I mean, I think a lot of the times now, like even when I go get like my even my nails done, there's more guys that go in now to get manis done than
0: a lot, everything. a lot. A lot more guys are becoming ladies these days. Yeah, too.
1: that's true, too.
0: <laughs> not that there's but anything
1: wrong just, with that. No, it's just that these guys, you know, just like to have their hands looking good. Especially, like, I see a lot of mechanics and, you know, these guys that are usually covered in grease are the ones that like to go get the manicures, just trying to keep their hands looking good from when they're not working.
0: Yeah. No, I can picture that. Yeah, and I support, Yeah, this, I support all that stuff. We'll do a shock treatment with Mel and Maddie spa day.
1: Nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That'd be funny.
0: Live from the massage parlor special. <laughs> yeah,
1: couples. It, we'll go and have a couples massage uh, p- pamper day.
0: That's how you do it. It's cheaper that way.
1: Yep, go and have a couples day, and you get manies and petties, and you know a massage.
0: I told the hawk I was going to bring him to a massage once for a couples massage. We have to pretend to be lovers. We can,
1: maybe we can get him one of the Asian chicks and get he can get a happy ending with his, you know, Manny and Petty.
0: Just going anywhere with me is a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the, uh,
1: Katrina's like, yeah, no.
0: <laughs> you got that right. Katrina <laughs> wants to trade me in.
1: I was trade teasing Justin in. about that. I'm gonna trade him, I told him I was going to trade him in for a younger model.
0: She's going to trade me in for a PS5. <laughs> she's, she's not even gonna play she's gonna sell it for less no
1: fun. she's sure. no she's gonna get she's gonna get the ps5 and she's gonna play fucking animal crossing
0: <laughs> there you go my nephew was gonna be freddy krueger for halloween parenting Saturday, done right which is i was never all grown up i was never allowed to be freddy krueger it's funny he's never seen any of the nightmare on elm street movies i gotta turn him on to it but he you know freddy's so huge of course He's and he's up. not,
1: like, now nowadays, like, being older, like, when I was little, he, Freddy Krueger was scary. Now it's it's more comical when I watch those. So, like, seeing little kids dressed up as Freddy Krueger does not faze me in the least. Whereas, if I was a kid, seeing Freddy Krueger, you know, when I was younger, I would have freaked the hell out.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think I've said on the show before I, as a weird kid, I used to have dreams and I was like Freddy Krueger's friend and he'd scare me to impress girls, I would tell you that. Yeah. What a what a mind. What a mind.
1: James James Lamont, he posted a, a dope ass story of some Halloween decorations in Texas. Yeah. That the cops keep going to the house because it looks like, the <laughs> one, looks yeah. like a murder scene. I reposted that. I'm like, yes. I like that's like home ownership goals right there
0: (laughs) look like nicole simpson's in front of her house
1: yeah after oj got him
0: wow (laughs) oj simpson doing it big getting away with maida literally we should get him on the show he'll probably talk about it he don't care that dude gives no fucks
1: would you if you got away with it
0: Give fucks? Yeah, I'd give fucks if I got away with it. <laughs> if I got away with murder, I would be I would okay, not write no. a book called If I if I did it and stuff like that. I'd disappear. If I was OJ, I would have got I would have left the courthouse, rounded okay. up whatever whatever money I could get from whatever resources I still had, and I would have moved to some fucking foreign country where I don't exactly have to worry about getting my head cut off. But I don't have to worry about somebody, you know, ever dealing, messing with me in any way again and just kind of live my live my life in a fucking, you know, in complete quiet, regular normalcy, probably if I if I was him. But he's probably addicted to all that fame and shit. That's the problem with that is you get addicted to that fame and it's like...
1: Yeah, so you don't care if the publicity is good or bad as long as you've got the publicity.
0: I think that's part of with well, how Epstein got bopped is I think Epstein just got so addicted to that. He's a shitbag, of course, but I think he got addicted that he was rubbing elbows with all these people and he's like, I'm not leaving this lifestyle. And then, like, he realistically... The bracket he was in of power and the people he was running around, I'm sure he easily could have got left the country and never, never heard of him again. But I think he was addicted to the fame and all that bullshit. So, like, he got yeah, what he, he deserved. He got know bumped what I mean?
1: off because he knew too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, he definitely got what he deserved for the shit he was dealing with. But I think, um, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that situation, the true <laughs> facts behind. It could have been.
1: Be curious to look into.
0: That's one of those things in, like, 20 years we'll get – we'll find out what the deal was.
1: Yeah, like Aaron the, Hernandez.
0: The tape will show up. Hernandez is a weird one, yeah. You know, th- there'll be a security guard that'll come forward in 20 years and be like, yeah. Like, after the – after the what do they call that? The uh, the time restraint there. statute of Limitations is up. Yeah, it's up.
1: They'll That's be the like – because they,
0: they weren't convicted, so, like, it's not like – they're, they're direct. It's not like they can't bring it up in 20 years. Uh, and they'll be like, yeah, well, yeah. What happened is this, you know what I mean? And it'll be like, we cut the cameras and we left. And on our way out, we passed a couple guys that looked a- awfully strange. And when we came back, Jeffrey was hanging from a sheet, dude. I don't know what happened. Yeah, right. That'll probably, and, and that'll be that. Then that guy will disappear like the next day.
1: We got to be careful, but we might disappear from having this conversation.
0: We're all, we pretty much already <laughs> are disappeared. Right. We're on the underground,
1: baby. The, the hitman hit are hit standing outside waiting.
0: We're so underground, we have we have uh, breakfast in China. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're <laughs> That's out, we're fine with me.
1: I like Chinese food. It's okay.
0: I had Chinese food for the first time in a long time the other day. It was good.
1: Oh, my God. Justin made it for me.
0: Oh, yeah. You were telling me that. He was making it.
1: He made, all right, so like one night he just made pork fried rice.
0: Yeah.
1: And it came out wicked good. And then Saturday night, last, yeah, Saturday night after the show, he, oh no, Friday night he did it. He made like the sweet and sour chicken and another, a different batch of rice, fried rice. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. It's like, I have a boyfriend that cooks. This is great. I don't have to cook all the time.
0: I actually, I grabbed a wok recently, so I could do Chinese food. I had I bought it. We got like it was like
1: I need to get a wok. American I don't like made. yeah. I I they're they're helpful. I got it for free. Oh, that's I got the hookup
0: on it. Yeah, so I took I accepted it. And I cleaned it up, and now I'm gonna put Use rice, and veggies, and meat.
1: Yeah, woks, and I I need to get like my own set of cast iron pans because those yeah. are like are the greatest pans to cook in.
0: The only do you know what superhero uh, actor never liked eating out of a walk?
1: Oh God, no! Who?
0: Christopher Reeves. Really? Yeah, it reminded him that he couldn't walk. <laughs> You're terrible. That's You're awful.
1: Off. That's hilarious, though. You're fucking
0: <laughs> awful. I can't believe you.
1: That's but crazy. if I if
0: I was Christopher Reeves, I would have ate that horse. I'll tell you that for sure.
1: Yeah, right. I shot the, his ass. The
0: horse that threw him off, dude. Like. I would, if I was him, I would do, I would do that. I'd have that setup up where they like keep the horse alive so it can watch me eating it all the way down to its fucking neck. If it fucking, <laughs>
1: excuse para- me.
0: <laughs> if it fucking, if the horse paralyzed me like that, nah, that ain't the end of the game. Our fight's just end, begun. The of the end of
1: the, yeah. how are the end I'd, done? I'd be wheeled.
0: They'd have me wheeling into that dark room being like, you ready to play a game, horse? <laughs> it'd be it'd be dark, dude. It'd be, it'd be... <laughs> There's
1: it's a tired. topic for it. Oh, man. Now I know I'm overtired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess with that, we should probably wrap the show up, right?
1: <laughs> I thought we, well, we're we're in the, we're in the
0: twilight hours of our, uh, we're we're teasing our after hours.
1: Yeah. We're really teasing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Big tease. Very nice. But yeah. So, well, everybody.
1: There's another episode of shock treatment in the hand.
0: Yeah. This will be out, uh, Friday. So realistically tomorrow, Halloween, uh, there'll be a big Halloween extravaganza or a super duper. Halloween extravaganza show.
1: Year What one. are you going
0: to say about that?
1: Year one. Year one. I think it was a great show. I mean, everybody had a good time. Yeah. And it was good to see everybody, even if it was online.
0: Yeah, it was good. We got a lot of folks coming on. We had a lot of guests. Everybody had, had a great time. Cool discussions. It was a mashup of shock treatment.
1: You know, mostly
0: ghostly. Dad, mostly ghostly, behold. So it was all different types of topics you'd catch on all the shows, which was nice. Um, I think that it's, it's, it, it was a monstrous, like two and a half, two, uh, I mean, four to four and a half hours show. So right now it's, uh, you know, the Hawkman's in the editing bay right now slaving away with cigarettes and coffee. I thought it was,
1: I thought it was longer than that because we were at like almost four hours when I jumped because of my prior obligations we were almost at the four hour mark then
0: we might have i believe that i believe when the file ends i think it's four and a half so we might only have gone a half after you left we didn't go super long and we did at one point we, we cut it and then we like we talked we everybody kind of talks for a little bit after we do shows usually. oh
1: god yeah yeah
0: um but uh yeah yeah i, I think it's like but we're gonna, minute, we're gonna clip it down a little bit uh make it pretty Yeah. So like it'll probably be right now we're still kind of debating if it's going to be the the Friday, Saturday thing, which will probably be a Friday, Saturday thing. So you'll be able to listen to this episode as well as, you know, the first two episodes of the Halloween episode. And then unless you want to do what I would do, which is realistically, I would just wait till Halloween and bang out all four instead of two in a day. Um and then that way you have all day to continuously listen to this episode of, you know, shock treatment.
1: Hey, I don't care as long as everybody gets to listen to it because it was fun. It was good stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was good stuff. Yep. Hawk tried to scare me and say that he lost it after we did it.
1: Oh, that's right. Cause you weren't recording it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, Argh. well, I recorded it too. I always do a backup. Oh, not by
1: now. Whew!
0: Cause that would be, that'd be sad to do an episode that long. That would ruin Halloween.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to say I'm not going to – no, I'm not
0: going to say it. I'm going
1: to be nice. No jinxing.
0: Nope, I'm going to be nice. Yes, very nice. (laughs) So with that, we wish everybody out there a happy Halloween. And we'll see you on the next episode. We'll see you on the next episode next week. After Halloween, be safe, be merry, have fun, eat candy, watch horror movies, dress up, try and enjoy the spirit of Halloween. I know everybody stopped you know, stuck at home. But uh there there's you can do something, even if you're by yourself, you can find something that can kind of tie you into the spirit of Halloween. Let's not let Halloween die out and uh have some fun with it and Yeah, know, don't let
1: don't let the don't let the man ruin it.
0: Don't let the man hold you down. Let's rise <laughs> up against the man.
1: Don't let him ruin it for us all.
0: That's right. That's right. So Boombastic Media YouTube page. Check it out Saturday. We'll have all the episodes of the Halloween special up so you can just watch the entire thing. It's like four and a half hours, roughly. And uh, it's good times. Me and Mel both said so, so we would not lie to you. And uh, yes, be safe out there. We'll catch y'all on the next episode of Shock Treatment with Mel and Marty. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <smart> no <noise>